Good morning. Welcome, everyone, or whatever time of the day it is that you may be viewing this recording. My name is Althea. I serve um, with on the Public Works Black History Committee co-chair. This is my second year. My name is Alicia Willis, and I'm the co-chair with Althea of the Public Works Black History Month Committee. And we want to welcome you all to getting to know San Francisco's Director of the Office of Racial Equity. Director Simley is a seasoned organizer and community development strategist with over 15 years of experience working on social justice and equity policy initiatives. She is the daughter of a social worker and granddaughter of a Black Panther. Director Simile was born in the South Bronx and raised in Harlem, New York. She is the oldest of five kids who always keep her grounded and honest. Director Simile has lived in San Francisco for over 12 years, working to change access and opportunity for low-income communities and generations of young people to come. So with Without further ado, we welcome Director Simley. Yay! Thank you so much. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Happy Black History Month and happy Black Futures Month. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Happy Black History and Black Futures Month. I love that. So let's get started. Um, it's a little easy smooth question to get us started. So Director Simley, given that the theme of this year's Black history is the Black family, will you share with us one of your first memories that you have celebrating Black History Month with your family? Thank you so much uh, for the question. And I also want to give kudos to the Public Works Black History Month Planning Committee um, for bringing this together um, and making sure that even in a pandemic, our stories can be told. So kudos. Um, and my family, you know, Black History Month was every month. Um, I know for some folks, they may be discovered that February was Black History Month in school but as the granddaughter of a Black Panther and uh, uh, both my grandmother and my mother are, were licensed social workers who were dedicated to our community um, in Harlem. I grew up in a majority Black community. Um, every month <laughs> and every day was Black History Month. And I have lots of memories from, uh, you know, my mom and grandmother making sure that I always had um, uh, children's books and stories that featured um, uh, Black characters, um, particularly Black young girls, to instill pride in who I was and in my skin and in my hair, um, to making sure that my dolls and toys were also the same. Um, one of my, um, we always had community celebrations, block parties, um, food giveaways. Um, we always celebrated Kwanzaa. We, um, I took African dance classes. Um, we also made sure that, uh, you know, I lived in New York City, which is a lot of, um, and especially in Harlem, which is a lot of black culture. So 
going to museums and um, being connected to the arts and cultures in my neighborhood was really important. Um, one of my fondest memories was with my grandmother when um, Queen Latifah um, came to a street block party and she performed her hit, U N I T Y. Um, and, but you know, the second half, uh, half of that song and my grandma's like, you can't say that part, but you should, you should still see this. Um, so don't tell your mother. Um, so I think um, those are some of my fondest memories growing up in a community in the household, being raised by very strong black women who always made sure I was proud of who I was, where I came from, and what I looked like. Thank you, thank you so very much. They most definitely, by what you have said to us, equipped you for the woman that you would be in serving in the many roles that you have served in. So that is so awesome. We honor your mother and your grandmother. Alicia. Thank you. Thank you. It was such a refreshing um, feeling uh, that I had when you were talking about your experiences and how you were raised. I think that you really um, fleshed out what it means to be raised by a village. So often that phrase is thrown about, but you gave us concrete, clear explanations and descriptions of what it looks like. And I felt enriched by hearing this description. So thank you, Dr. Simile or Director Simile. My question for you is, how does racial, or what does racial equity mean to you? What does a racially equitable work environment look like? Thank you, Alicia, and thank you for those comments. Um, so I have the unique honor and privilege to help shape working with um, our San Francisco Human Rights um, Executive Director, Cheryl Evans-Davis, and working with our different departments and our mayor's office to help chart out this racial equity framework, which we released last year, um, last June. And it was you know, um, really important that we build the North Star as to kind of what this actually looks like, but in a way that pushes us um, as a city, as departments, as individuals to um, go for root causes. When you look at the, um, the vision statement for the Office of Racial Equity, you notice how we actually don't mention equity. What we focus our work on is collective liberation which is going beyond equity. And to me, racial equity means a world in which we can all be free, a world in which we can all be housed, nourished, um, uh, allowed to um, reach our full potential, to be educated, um, to be celebrated and celebrate our culture and to be seen. And that can happen at work too. And I was very, um, based on the really hard work of our Black workers over the past um, five or six years, we've been pushing to make sure that we center equity in the workplace. And we're a key part, and especially in also labor, a key part in shaping the Office of Racial Equity mandate. It was important to me to start internally first before going external. 
the Office of Racial Equity, our, our mandate is twofold, it's internal and external. But I didn't feel like we could start doing the work unless we held up a mirror and looked at the places in which we could be better inside our divisions, our departments, and our relationships with our colleagues. And um, I'm proud to say that um, over last year and at the end of December, pretty much all city departments and also some voluntarily, um, our county agencies have all submitted racial equity action plans. Those are all publicly available on our website, um, racialequitysf.org. And now we have not only just a framework, but a real plan <laughs> across the city as to what racial equity in the workplace can look like. Um, and I will continue to work with all of our workers, all of our black workers, um, all of our brown workers, our API folks, our indigenous folks, to make sure that we manifest and get to that North Star, which is, you know, how do our folks get free and feel free um, in the system? Thank you so much. I loved what you said, collective liberation, going beyond equity, being free, wherever, you know, working in the workplace and being free to be who you are, not um, having to worry about um, experiencing whether it may be comments from coworkers that may hurt you. So collective liberation. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. So my next question is, so in January, on January the 13th, 2020, a press release from the city and county of San Francisco Human Rights Commission was said that Ms. Simile will help close the gaps in existing racial disparities and help guide the work of city departments so that we get to a place when race will no longer determine one success in San Francisco. So how does the Office of Racial Equity shape the process of getting the city to a place and state of impartiality, fairness, and justice? And how do the recommendations of the Office of Racial Equity affect city departments whose practices and policies around promotions, hiring, and firing seem to have had a disproportionate impact on Black and Brown employees? Thank you for that important question. So I'll try to answer the different parts of it. Um, so yes, uh, when I stepped into this role, um, I was and still am excited to, to take on this challenge. Um, the pandemic has made things difficult, but we've still pressed on. We've kept in alignment with our deadlines um, and deliver things on time. Um, that was a promise that we made to our Black workers, and I'm very serious about that. Uh, in regards to what that actually looks like, the Office of Racial Equity, as I said, is a part of the San Francisco Human Rights Commission, um, which, is, which has the charter authority to continue to fight um, any sort of anti-discrimination in the city. But now with the creation of this office, we can take a finer look of what's happening inside departments and out. 
Um, so the purpose of the office is to definitely look at um, our, our workplaces, but also in our delivery of programs and services to our community. And I also wanna make sure we understand when we talk about what's happening internally in city government, we can't separate that from externally because our black and brown workers are also our community members, our leaders, and wear double hats to show up for their community at work and show up for our community at home, um, especially in San Francisco, which we know um, has faced a lot of change um, over the past um, several decades, unfortunately. Um, and we've seen that in the out-migration um, and you know, forced removal of our, our folks. The ORE's mandate is very clear in the different ways in which we can enact change. Number one, it's definitely through these racial equity action plans and the establishment of racial equity leaders across the city. So that infrastructure has been built out. So we have over 150 racial equity leaders across the city, and now we have just published um, the 54 racial equity action plans. So this is the first in San Francisco history. Number two, we also have the ability to review pending ordinances at the Board of Supervisors and perform a legislative or equity analysis of review um, to connect with our decision makers and making sure that the things that we're doing um, policy-wise uh, don't have any unintended impacts or burdens on our communities of color in San Francisco. The third way in which we can do this work is through the budget process. So we also have the ability to make recommendations to the mayor's office um, per our analysis and evaluation of racial equity action plans and any other issues that have come up um, to help inform that process. And we're also in the middle of developing a citywide budget equity tool, which we've seen in other cities like Austin, Seattle, Dallas, Portland, um, which helps us think about the budget itself and um, having city departments answer, like honestly and um, transparently about how they're spending um, will support racial equity initiatives. Um, Joe Biden, our new president, uh, thank God, <laughs> said something really important. He said that, you know, if you show me your budget, um, I'll show you your morals. And it's important that we um, do the work together um, and have our departments um, make sure that we're fostering racial equity in the spending decisions that they're making, investments that they're also making uh, as well. Uh, so through policy, through budget, through racial equity action plans, um, through audits. So another way that the office is doing this work is working with our city administrator, um, on looking at our city contracts and looking there for any disparities um, and coming up with solutions to close those gaps. And then also working directly with the Department of Human Resources on workforce audits. We completed our first audit last March and released a report which helped chart out and be very clear about some of those racial disparities we're seeing with our Black workforce. And we'll continue to do that work with DHR to daylight those disparities and figure out solutions as well. And then lastly, <clears throat> we uh, worked with um, DHR and uh, numerous city departments last fall for citywide uh, workforce equity working groups 
to talk about seven key areas such as testing, MQs, hiring and recruitment, discipline and separation. Um, we also talked to labor and have gotten dozens of recommendations, which we're now reading and sorting through to help figure out what are the citywide needs that need to happen in order to have systemic or structural change in some of these like really pernicious issues that are happening on a departmental level. So that's some of the ways in which it's, um, you know, we don't handle necessary individual complaints per se, but what we're doing is looking at the system as a whole and thinking about what are the different ways to work with decision makers, um, to chart out plans, to uplift strategy, to connect directly with workers, which so rooted in something that's real, um, to do the work. And um, I'm excited to be able to do that with our racial equity leaders and different leadership across the city to make it happen. Thank you, Director Emily. So building on that work that has been done and that you are doing and that you're building with city leaders across, uh, across the different departments, um, you were quoted as saying that you were excited to advance a more inclusive and racially just vision for San Francisco that's rooted in community. How can we work towards this vision together? Thank you, I think that's a great question. Um, I think our engagement as workers, as citizens, um, they have to be interlinked. Um, and I would say that in the words of um, Ayanna Presley, the folks who are closest to the pain should be closest to the power. And we can't do this work from like a saver complex. It's not for me to, to say like, well, this is what works. Like, what I'm doing is trying to listen um, acutely and actively from all sides and figure out what patterns are we hearing, what keeps coming up for community, and then connect that to um, uh, solution, solutions that are co-created, right, um, to push for change. And I think it's important for folks to continue to stay engaged with the Office of Racial Equity. Um, we over the next uh, year, we plan on developing training. We're still gonna continue our citywide racial equity working group, which is open to everyone. Um, we also uh, want our folks to take a deep look at their racial equity plans, read the plans that your departments have put forth and think about how you can make a difference and be a part of that change. Um, there's, and also making sure that we're staying connected to what's happening in our black community. There's so much incredible organizing and programming and connectedness that's happening across San Francisco. And it's important for folks to, to stay connected, but also understand there's a power dynamic, right? When it comes to like being and working for the city. So it's important to respect community wisdom and expertise and knowledge first and foremost. Um, especially if we're invited into these spaces and to continue that trust building, um, which takes time. But I also say like, you know, some of the stuff is not new. <laughs> like um, folks have been saying a lot of this stuff for years and um, it's also important to respect that. But my thing is, is like, you know, it's not just about releasing reports and research and data. It's time to put 
intent into action um, and to impact. And that's something I'm super focused on as a person um, in this role. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Action, yes. Um, you all have started. Your department has started. You guys have not sat down. Um, you guys have put out the, the plow to the metal or you guys have, you're doing the work. You're starting, you're starting somewhere. So you have to take that first step to get to the next step, to get to the next step. So thank you all. Thank you all. So my last question, our last question, how will you continue to shape the path that promotes racial equity, diversity, and inclusion, and collective liberation? And why is that shaping important? Thank you. Um, well, to answer that question, um, you know, I, I'm not interested in doing like racial equity light or like whispering diversity. I think we have to be very bold and unapologetic about the issues that need to be faced and be honest and transparent. And that's my style. Um, that's my MO. Um, and it was like, we have to tell the truth, right? So we know what we're actually working with. And um, I will continue to do that work and to work with our other truth tellers um, and folks who are, um, I think this past year has been in, uh, really important for our community um, and with our black uprising last summer um, in the aftermath of the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery. Um, even though we had the same battle in 2016 and 2014. So I just wanna also say that some folks were new to the struggle last year. Welcome, but like get with the program. Uh, so I wanna say that. Um, but, you know, we've been saying this, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, and like I'm saying, we need to, to remember that and to, and to hold that close. Um, and that is not just a slogan or a tagline. That is, um, that is the path, as you say, that we walk that we uplift. Um, I also wanna say black futures matter. Um, you know, who are we doing this for and who are we doing this with? Um, so I, yeah, like I said, being unapologetic, being bold, lifting up that black lives matter. It's not just a tagline, it's the spirit, it's our, it's our lives, right? And we deserve our humanity, our work, um, our contributions and our futures to be respected, um, treasured, um, and honored. Um, and I will walk along with anyone else who wants to do that work. It's not easy, um, but it's necessary. So. Thank you so very much. We appreciate your time. Um, just by everything, this conversation, the things that you have said, I have um, gleaned from it that, you know, your heart is in it. You have a passion. You, you grew up, your family grew up, um, I'm, you know, fighting for the rights of Black people. So it's just, it's just amazing to be in your company. Um, I, if you have any last parting words, and I, I, I want to say, as Martin Luther King quoted, 
it's always the right time to do the right thing. So yes, we, we have come a long way. Um, there's still a way to go, but hey, it's always the right time to do the right thing. So any last words, um, Director? Um, I think you captured it. And it's so funny that you said that because I have that poster on my wall. Um, <laughs> and I look at it every day. Um, and sometimes it's not easy to do the right thing. Sometimes it's the unpopular choice, but doesn't stop it from, from being right. So um, I'm, like I said, I'm willing to walk with and support and connect with folks who are doing this work. And I'm super grateful to be able to be, um, you know, working with Director Davis and having um, the support and the vision from our Black mayor, uh, Mayor Breed, um, to, to lead this work and, like you said, to, to do the right thing. So, and we're just Spike Lee, <laughs> too. So, <laughs> um, but, so, yeah, so thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but I, um, I just want to say thank you all so much for organizing this essential programming and in the midst of a pandemic when so much of our lives are online to make sure that our stories can still be told and to shine the light on the work um, being done across the city. So thank you all. And um, I'm here if you need me. Thank you for agreeing, for agreeing to have this conversation with us, especially in our Black Futures Month and our Black History Month 2021.